Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Stephen Goldberg is the co-founder and CEO of HarperDB, a fast distributed database platform for developers looking to quickly build apps and save companies millions. They have over 27,000 users and have raised over $7.2 million. Founded in 2017, they've also been able to scale rapidly with a small team of fewer than 20 people and are currently doing over 6 million in sales. The platform reduces the complexity and cost of database management while saving developers time with app development, data stores, ETL processes, and IoT projects. Before HarperDB, Stephen worked as a CTO and CEO of several other startups. He held roles at larger organizations like IBM, subsidiary software company Red Hat, and led digital transformation projects at several Fortune 500 companies across many verticals. He has been published on sites such as Tech Target and quoted in many articles and publications, including Forbes and ZDNet. Stephen has also been a speaker at IoT World, SAP's Sapphire, and Salesforce.com's Dreamforce. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world, minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Stephen Goldberg. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you again. <laughs> the first time we did this, I made a rookie move and I forgot to record, but we had a great conversation, didn't we? We did. And hopefully we've had long enough to forget so we can have uh, that conversation again. <laughs> yes. All right. So we're excited to have you on the podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am. I'm excited. All right. So Stephen, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. So my path has sort of been a little bit of an untraditional one, I would say. I didn't have like a life plan or a set of goals or even really anything in mind. I kind of was more reactive 
to the situation. And, you know, I studied theology and I minored in Islam in college, but I had started programming when I was 13 years old at my uncle's software company. And I graduated college in 2006 and I was looking for a job in 2008. And that was a pretty bad time to be looking for a career. Uh, Yeah. And I fell back into programming because it was a skill I had and I knew what to do there. I worked at some really big companies. I've worked at really small companies. And I kind of found that I wasn't a great employee. I didn't really enjoy listening to folks. And I really wanted to do things my way. And I was also really frustrated by bureaucracy and the slow pace of change and how hard it was to get things done within organizations. And I had some really terrible managers along the way, but I had some really incredible managers along the way as well. And that kind of propelled me into entrepreneurship because I came to the realization that I really didn't want to work for anyone else. And I really wanted to do things my way and create something different and create an organization and a culture that operated differently where I wanted to work every day. Right. So that led you where? What are you doing now? So now I'm the CEO of a company called the Harper DB. This is my third startup that I've worked at, the second one that I've founded. And we are a global application platform focused on lowering latency and improving customer experience and developers' experience in industries like gaming and streaming media and telecommunications and autonomous vehicles. And we're kind of pushing the envelope of what is possible in a distributed world. So I love that energy of entrepreneurs. And as entrepreneurs, and I'm one too, and I understand wanting to do things your way because you're just creative. So in your journey, though, you've had to learn leadership because now you're leading. I have. Yeah. And I didn't set out to be a leader. I was just rebellious, I guess. And a lot of the traits that made me, in some ways, a good entrepreneur have made me a pretty terrible leader. (laughs) My first company, I was quite tyrannical. I was lacking in empathy and I wanted everyone to do everything instantaneously. And I had very little perspective or empathy on the holistic humans that I was managing. And I was more focused on them as resources. Over time, I learned that this is a marathon and not a sprint and that your team is kind of your most valuable asset and that they are human beings with whole lives and feelings and emotions and all the messiness that makes us people. It's been a very hard journey. And so I've done a lot of self-reflection, a lot of work in different areas of myself to really learn to lead from a hugely authentic place and an empathetic place. So Stephen, Harper DB, who should hop on your website? If you're a developer, and I don't mean someone who's going to sort of WYSIWYG code something, I mean, like a real developer, it is a great platform to build your entire application from scratch and to kind of take you from your journey of startup all the way to massively scaled out organization. That said, the organizations that it's going to really fit the most value for are those who have tons of things. Those could be gaming consoles or mobile applications or IoT devices or network devices and lots of data that those things are trying to write and access from. And so that's typically a pretty big organization. 
who has been very successful. That said, if you want to build the thing right the first time and be in an easy way, you can start with HarperDB and it'll scale out throughout your whole journey. But we're kind of that application developer is our primary persona we target. Wonderful. And so what's your website? It's HarperDB.io. H-A-R-P-E-R-D-B dot I-O. Beautiful. All right. So in our conversation, Stephen, you mentioned two things and I wrote one down and I didn't write the second one, so I forgot it. <laughs> as great. far as what you value in leadership is authenticity. And what was the other one? Empathy. Authenticity and empathy. Why those two? What I'm really looking for and what is most important to me is accountability. But if you hold people accountable and you don't do it in an authentic way and you don't do it in an empathetic way, that can look like punishment, that can look like tyranny, that can look toxic. But if you do that in an empathetic way and an authentic way, I think that empowers people, it helps them to grow, and it drives incredible results, builds a lot of loyalty, builds a lot of trust. And we have extremely low turnover. Our like average employee has been with us four or five years. And I think it's a result of caring about that whole human being. And it builds a team of people who are really committed to achieving the same goals. You know what, Stephen? Many of us get to that point of realization, right? This awareness that you have because of either something we've been through, there was a moment that the penny dropped. Did that happen with you? It did. Uh, you know, I worked for a boss who was phenomenally charismatic. He was incredibly kind, but he was tremendously lacking in empathy. Not because he meant to be, he just really didn't have that empathetic muscle. And so he really lacked awareness of how his behavior and his actions affected all those around him. He and I were on a business trip in a foreign country, very far away. And I spent a week there with him being extremely uncomfortable, being in rooms, pitching stuff that I didn't feel like we could really do, that I felt like it was sort of unethical that we were pitching and just having some really difficult interactions with customers. And he just didn't care about what my experience was. He just cared what I could do for him. And that was the straw that kind of broke me. I would also say that I've reflected on a lot of my own behaviors of how I've treated people in the past and how that made me feel and why I didn't like what I did. And that really changed kind of how I viewed interacting with the team and viewed managing and leading folks. There's a book by Satya Nadell on empathetic leadership, the CEO of Microsoft, and I kind of read that at this time when all of this was happening for me. And while I don't normally love books by huge CEOs, I think there can often be sort of narcissistic. I think in this case, that book really shaped how I viewed leadership and helped me reframe my thoughts on how to interact with teams and people. What's the name of the book again? I think it's called Reboot by Satya Nadell. I love that. And I love the story. Unfortunately, you know, we have to sometimes go through pain to get that lesson. But yeah. the key here, Stephen, is that many people go through pain and don't learn. There was a thought that experience is the master of all teachers. And that's not necessarily true. It's what you did. 
It's when you mm-hmm. reflected on the experience that led you to shift and to change and to dig deeper, which I highly value. And I want to honor you for that because that is how we grow. That's not easy. I think a lot of people struggle with reflecting on their own behaviors and actions and then kind of implementing change. And the resistance to change is strong in everyone, no matter what it is, you know, going to work out, being a better leader, being a better partner. Change is scary in general. And I think, though, when you can open your mind to evolving and changing and growing, you know, you will always become a better leader. That's right. Well, thank you. So as a lifelong learner, Stephen, what are you learning right now? I think the main thing I'm learning is that I should never sit still and kind of never accept the status quo. Every single week, things change dramatically in a startup and a company, and it requires me to flex a new muscle, to learn a new thing, to behave in a new way, to experience a new context. And I think what I'm learning right now is that as HarperDB grows, if I get comfortable, kind of like we were just talking about, we're going to fail. And I have to constantly be in a position of being slightly uncomfortable so that I can evolve and grow and move forward. I don't know that I'm learning any one particular thing other than learning that I constantly have to adapt to be the CEO that the company needs. I love that. And it reminds me of this diagram of moving from comfort to growth. And in order to move from comfort to growth, you have to pass through fear and then learning to get to growth. Most effectively is recognize that there is a need to get out of the comfort zone. But in order to break that barrier, we do encounter fear. And what tends to happen when we encounter fear is that we want to go back to comfort because that is so comfortable, because that's so familiar. But we need to push past that fear barrier, right? So as a leader and as someone who is successful, what are some fear barriers that you've had to break through? I think the number one fear barrier that I had to break through was I believe that I needed to be a different version of myself to be successful. So I thought that I had to be the polished Wharton MBA, sort of good at stats, knowing finance numbers, understanding how to speak in this way that all of the other sort of CEOs I saw in events and things can pitch and get up on stage. And I realized that I could not do that. And that was not authentically me. And so I think the greatest fear barrier that I've had to break through that I continue to every single week is letting more of the real me out and showing up in meetings with investors, with sales pitches, with employees and owning who I am and being that person in every one of those meetings. And it's scary. It's really scary. But as you do it, we've been tremendously more successful as I do things as me rather than how I think people want me to do things. And it's much easier for me to make decisions because they're me and they come from my gut and my heart and my mind. And when those things are aligned, it's significantly easier to make a decision. You know, Stephen, you embody that really well, that authenticity. You're just showing up real. And I love that. Thank you. Sometimes it's services, sometimes it's ADD. It's hard for me to tell the difference between those two things. Yeah, I swear there is such a thing as ADD brought on by severe multitasking because I was never diagnosed with ADD. All of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I may just be there. But it's a superpower, right? Yeah, it can be, yeah. 
All right. So, Stephen, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? I think what most concerns me about leadership in general, and I think this is whether we're talking in a startup, a major corporation, political leaders, teachers in my stepson's school, wherever it may be, is a lack of accountability and lack of personal accountability. And I think I mentioned that already. But one of the things I've spent a lot of time thinking about is that when you look at every major problem that we have or minor problem, somehow that traces back for the most part to a lack of someone taking accountability for something that causes that problem. That could be as simple as you have a bad experience at a restaurant. That could be as complex as you have a massive failure of a bank over the weekend that we all experienced. And ultimately, I feel like we have created a culture where we're not that interested in holding people accountable or taking accountability. And I think that is very scary. And I don't necessarily see that changing very much. But what I am hopeful about is when I look at younger generations, I look at what motivates them, what gets them out of bed, what they're excited about. When I look at kids in my stepson's class and I see that, you know, being popular now is people who are kind and nice and who are excited to be with one another, that we're encouraging people to have radically different interests, to show up as you are. I get excited about what they're going to create in the world because I think there's a lot more space for them to be real humans, for them to be creative and to really innovate. But I do worry about their ability to be there, given that we, as our generations, need to really focus on taking accountability to create a world where they can be successful. I am with you. I see how really important it is for us to take, as you say, accountability. I see it as taking responsibility for who I am, how I show up, right? Yeah. Um, and if I take a misstep, to take responsibility for that as well. And so that's what leadership is about. Yeah. Then it falls on us. <laughs> it's our responsibility to make sure that the next generation embodies this. And we have to keep talking about it because it can't be a major character flaw. If you're a leader and you're not taking responsibility for things, then it's you're not an effective leader. So it's something to value. Yeah. It's it not easy. But like you said, you know, it's a muscle. And so the more you practice, the more responsible you become, the more accountable. Now, we do have a surprise question for you. You mentioned your stepson. So what are some parental stories that impact your leadership? And here's why this question is super important. As parents, our children prime our leadership like no one else can. They see us authentically. They see everything about us. I think it's not necessarily one story as much as it is a behavior that has changed how I lead. One of the things with kids that are extremely aware of who you are and how you are and what your mood is. And I think one of the things I've had to learn is that when I show up angry, when I show up frustrated, when I show up scared, when I show up nervous, he notices, he's aware, and he can feel my emotions. And so I've had to be much more aware of that and be much more communicative to say, hey, yes, I'm frustrated. I'm not upset with you. This is why I'm frustrated. This is what I'm upset about. Everything's okay. You're safe. But I am feeling frustrated. Through that experience, I then realized that a company is not that different when all of your employees are watching you and you're having a bad day. If you don't explain why, that can create a lot of fear. That can create a lot of anxiety. And so when we started the company, we wanted to be radically transparent. 
But through the process of parenthood, I think I've really learned how to do that in a more effective way because I have someone who is watching me 24-7 and my behavior, which has then encouraged me to work the muscle of radical transparency to create a safe environment for everyone. That is so well said. And I want to give credit to Mike Bosworth, who actually contributed that question. Okay, so as a listener of this podcast, Stephen, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about? I always find failure and difficulty to be the most sort of interesting topics. Maybe that is my inherited trauma as a Jew. (laughs) But I think the most interesting questions typically are, what is the worst experience you've had with a boss that made you a better leader? Or what have you learned from negative leadership that made you a better leader today? Excellent question. Tune in. We will pose that question to future leadership guests. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I think what I'd like to leave the audience with is that your work and your life should not be two separate things. I think if you bifurcate who you are as a human being into work life and personal life, I think that that can make you a less authentic human being. And then you show up in both places inadequately. And I think harmonizing who you are across both places and authentically showing up in both realms of your life and all realms of your life is the most effective way to achieve resiliency and longevity in your career as well as in your personal life. Stephen, I love who you are in this world. And I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really grateful. And I have loved meeting you and I've loved talking with you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.